This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. Well, I'm going to welcome everyone to the next episode of Marketing Jam. A huge thank you and shout out to Canada Post and their Insight Magazine for supporting the show and allowing a show like this to happen, to exist. Uh, Insight Magazine can be sent to your agency's office, uh, your brand's office, even your home, uh, your client's offices with tons of information, ideas, case studies, really incredible data. And and really, uh, what I love the most is case studies all around the world, um, things that make you go, huh? And things that make you just stop uh, and pause for a moment and think, why didn't I think of that? Or how can I incorporate that into what I'm doing right now with the product or the services that we offer as a brand or what we're doing for our clients? So Insight Magazine, subscribe for free, link in the bio, of course. Without further ado, I'm so excited for this week's episode. We have Daryl, who is a friend and we've known each other a long time here in the Vancouver marketing agency community. And he's going to be joining us to share some pretty exciting news uh, that impacts uh, the marketing world of Canada and beyond. So, Daryl, thank you for joining us here today. Yeah, really happy to be here with you, Darian. Um, I always love talking to you, whether it's just us in passing, whether it's an email, whether it's a phone call, or while we're on stage together at, at a, a keynote speech or a workshop that we're doing. Yeah, we met. Like, I, I knew about you and, and knew of your website and saw the work that you were putting out for, for groups like White Spot and Save on Foods. And then we were at UBC on a panel of some sort or something like that. And we met in the green room eating like chocolates or apples or something. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and Bang introduced us, which I thought was so awesome. So, yeah, that was really awesome. Um, lots of change since that time, eh? Yeah. So, so Daryl, tell us about the news, man. This is really exciting. I think everyone listening and watching who owns an agency or works in an agency would love to hear the news that you want to share with the world today. Yeah, so um, as of uh, a month ago, um, my partner and I, Alex Chan, and I uh, have decided uh, to be acquired by um, a company called Thinking Box, who is a Vancouver-based digital experiential marketing agency. Wow. Um, And uh, we we looked at all the options and thought that this was a really good move. Um, And as of a month ago, we, we, we signed and everything's done. Oh, that's incredible. So you and Alex, how long ago did you start Antisocial? We started Antisocial uh, just under seven years ago. Um, and it's been a really exciting path um, of growth, of learning, of, uh, of learning new skill sets that come along with starting a company and fostering creatives underneath you. Um, and couldn't be happier about this move. It, it took about six months uh, for us to go through the negotiation process, yeah. uh, the discovery process, ask the right questions, and then obviously all the fun stuff with the lawyers and the paperwork. Wow. No, did you ever imagine like seven years ago that this day would happen? Like, was this the goal when you started? Absolutely not. This was definitely not something that I saw as uh, a potential um exit or uh, a potential a path for the company not that we've exited the company we're still very much on board on the on the wider thinking box team i think when we first started this company uh what was really uh the long-term goal of this which i think this decision actually helps um take us closer to that goal was to be able to put out the best creative work 
um, representing companies that needed digital marketing support. Um, when we first started, uh, we were working with a lot of small brands, uh, mom and pa shops. And as the years went on, we started to be lucky enough to attract the attention of some of the larger provincial and then national and then international brands. And for us, that mindset of helping that brand take what they're doing and market it online in the most efficient, uh, trending, uh, and, and most return on investment way was and is still uh, what we're going to continue to do moving forward. That's incredible. So uh, did you have other suitors coming away, knocking on your door? Or was this the one of the first that you kind of did that? Yeah. Thing? Well, it's funny. We actually had zero, zero interest in this or didn't even see it as an option. And then within six months in uh, 2019, the last six months, we got approached by three companies. Wow. Um, all within a month and a half of each other. And it was weird. It was like we were wondering if they were talking to each other or if there was uh, another, another thing out there that we didn't know was happening in the marketing world. But um, it just all came fast and furious. And what it did do is force me and Alex to really take a step back, look at what we were doing for the company, look at our long-term goals for ourselves personally, as well as for the agency and the industry and our staff, uh, and go, if, if we have three offers, what is the best uh move forward do we do we even entertain these offers do we just continue trucking along because we, we were doing well and and still very much uh, believed in what we were doing um but it forced us to think about it and and ultimately we decided on one of those uh, proposals wow that's incredible now for you guys now like what what is kind of the the emotions you went through tell us about kind of the roller coaster of like you know the fear of it, the concern, like what, what, what was it going through? Because I don't think many of us have gone through that experience that are listening to the show. Yeah, well, I think I think there's a there's a fear that I think all entre entrepreneurs can relate to, um, which is the fear of losing complete control uh, of your company. Um, and it is for us just the fear. We've realized after uh, after the acquisition that um, we aren't we didn't lose any control. We we actually were empowered, but. Before that, you obviously, you know, you think about all the things that you enjoy as a business owner, as, as you know, someone who can come in, do whatever they want, and then leave whenever they want. Uh, but as any entrepreneur knows, you don't ever really leave and you're working 24-7. So that was something that was a fear uh, that we both had to go through. Um, but I think what I can do to better explain my mindset there during this process is there was really three checkboxes that me and Alex um looked at as the utmost important and uh, in making this decision. So the three checkboxes that we needed to uh, have checked off before we were comfortable moving forward was the first one is, does this align with our personal goals? Mm -hmm. And um, Darren, you know me when it comes to staffing and the way that I treat my team and think about our teams, Alex is the exact same way. When we say our personal goals, this is the first time that Alex and I have looked at our personal goals in, in over two years, at least where uh, the, the goal of the team and the agency didn't come before us. In this scenario, though, it is very important to see if this aligns with your personal goals. Yeah. So for me and Alex, you know, this did align with our personal goals. Both of us love what we're doing. However, we needed a little bit of uh, financial freedom for some of our personal goals. Myself, um, my marriage, uh, I want to start a family. Uh, being an agency owner, uh, I'm sure a lot of agency owners can relate as well. Um, it's it's a it's a competitive world and it's one that is uh, not as let's say profitable as a as a product based uh, company. 
uh, if we scale, the only way to scale is through good people and good creative talent and, and your costs go up if you scale. Yeah. So personal goals, it, it could check that box. The second box I had to check was, does this take antisocial forward as a digital marketing agency within our industry? So mm-hmm. we wanted to look to see if by acquisition, do we get to work on better clients? And by better clients, I don't mean our current clients are not good. I mean better as in, do we get to work with clients that value our time a little bit more, where we can uh, move forward with initiatives that maybe other clients would have never even entertained just mm-hmm. because on budget, based on budget alone. Um, it also meant uh, for the agency, do we get to work on uh, a bigger, diverse range of clients? Um, being a digital marketing agency like Jelly and, and like a, a lot of our, our, our uh, friends, um, we can work in dozens of industries at the same time because our approach to content, yeah. it, it works across multiple industries. However, um, specifically to this checkbox, uh, we wanted to make sure that um, we work within the right industries moving forward. And the, the acquisition by Thinking Box um, allows us, and we have been working with some really exciting clients that we would have never had the opportunity to work on. Yeah. And, and um, I don't know, Thinking Box, what, what are some of the clients they work with, that, just to give some context? Yeah, so Thinking Box, uh, they work with Pinterest, they work with Ford, they work with Riot Games, um, Starbucks, uh, Happy Egg. These guys, uh, in terms of the client base, they they have uh, quite a few years on us yeah. as well. Um, we're, we're six and a half, seven years old. They're 10 years old. Wow. Yeah. Another one of the points for moving our agency forward is, does it allow us to expand on our service offering? Mm-hmm. So. As a digital agency, uh, we offered four departments, um, web, social, uh, content production for digital, and then digital ad buy. Um, so in, in, in being acquired by Thinkingbox, we get folded into their team as their digital marketing team now. So they never were able to offer our services, but now uh, obviously we have that experience that they can take their existing client base and put it on. Um, and then for us, we can now refer out experiential marketing work to some of the best in the business. Yeah. So it really is a win, 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 even for your existing clients. Exactly. Um, oh, yes. And that's, I mean, that's a great point, Darian. That, that's something for us that was really important as when it moves antisocial forward, does it include moving our clients forward as well? Yeah. And even since then, we've been able to introduce um, our clients to the Thinking Box team, and they're already working on some really exciting projects that we normally would have had to either work with another agency on mm-hmm. um, with our clients or completely outsourced ourselves. And then the third box, and perhaps uh, I think for, for myself, it, the most important box to check is, does this move and give opportunities to our staff in professional mm-hmm. development? Does it move them forward? So with Thinking Box, they have uh, an HR team that's uh, pretty awesome. Um, I was never a fan of having to deal with HR. I think every time we met up, that was one of my gripes. Uh, 60% of my workday is HR now, you know, or prior to acquisition. So um, it gives our team those resources that we would never had the ability to give um, if it was just Alex and myself. Also, when it comes to structure, and moving up within the industry and learning more, they now get to have the options of moving to an office in Toronto, in LA, in New York, in Salt Lake City. Uh, and their professional development basically goes from here to here. Not to say any social couldn't have helped them. We were doing our best, uh, but we just simply were, uh, were, were 
from a, from an owner uh, an operator standpoint already yeah. maxed on time and so we couldn't uh, i think the, the opportunities we could give our staff now are much more um i guess have a much higher ceiling yeah and 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 i know you and and you're a humble guy in a lot of ways like you you are not quick to boast so this is gonna be a hard question for you what did thinking box see in you like what, what do you describe what they saw in you like what did you do what are the boxes that you checked that made them fall in love with you and swipe right or swipe left on you yeah, I'm, I'm already i'm already i can still feel my sweat glands going i'm already uncomfortable from this question uh i think uh let me let me think about this um one of the things that thinking box really liked about us was our culture so uh, our team members uh the way that we approach uh, their mental well-being uh, their interests, what they do out of office, um, our work from home policies, uh, all of these things that are so integral to the any social culture over the years. Mm -hmm. um, for Thinking Box, it looked very familiar. Uh, mm -hmm. And for them, they had, you know, a very, very robust uh, staff activities program, culture building program. So for us, uh, I think for them, I think we checked that box. Um, another thing that they really liked about us is the in-house talent. So mm -hmm. Thinking Box is a, is a company that uh, doesn't use contractors at all. They will use a contractor only and only if a client wants a very specific look. Yeah. Um, and they've seen that look with a specific contractor. Other than that, Thinking Box uses an all-in-house team and prides themselves on the team so that when they come up with a strategy, they turn, you know, the producer can turn around in their desk, look at the designer and go, hey, we want to change these things. Um, the same thing rings true for any social. Um, we have always had in-house talent only. So our photographers, our videographers, our graphic designers, our developers, they are salaried employees that work out of our office. And I think for Thinking Box, that was extremely important because uh, it allowed them to continue down the same type of business structure uh, and, and reputation for having in-house talent that, that, uh, that they already have. Wow. Um, I also think that we had a lot of um, female leadership. To be honest, if you look at the Thinking Box senior leadership team, all of their managing directors are females and they have a very strong presence in their office of females. And for any social, uh, it's something that we've also prided ourselves on. So I think that was a very easy, uh, probably probably not one that was they looked at us and said, that's one of the, the reasons why we're going to make this decision. But I, I feel that it definitely helped. Yeah. Wow. It was like you were uh, as you started to date each other, you saw the things in common. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, of course, our work is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the work. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I think for it's one thing like, hey, we can work together well and we can go on dates, but like to actually get married and, and to commit to one another, like you have to really have similar cultures and philosophies. And so that's, I, I can see why that took you had to spend so much time going through that discovery process. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was something that I remember the first time that um, the CEO, Amir, when he came into our office, uh, there's a mural on our wall um, that says stay loyal to your creativity because it's a gift. Uh, it is a quote by Pharrell. Not many people know that, but I had it done up on my on, on the wall as a huge mural. And I think when he saw that, he immediately knew that there was a lot of aspects about our culture that were similar to his. We pursue good creative work, but at the same time, we realize that we're indebted to our creativity and we need to nurse it and we need to water it, pay attention to it. So you've had some time to digest this process and, and you've kind of, you know, had some time to think. What's the biggest kind of, this is amazing, like this is amazing about life? Like what's the biggest like 
what you feel right now and, and, and what, what makes you happy about the decision you guys made? I think first, the first thing that comes to mind that when I, when I feel, uh, when I look at what has happened and, and digest it, cause I honestly, I still haven't really quite digested it. Okay. Um, I think that my, my fiance, Katie and my friends, um, I think they, they remind me that this is amazing um, because I'm still working. I mean, I mean, I'm more, I'm busier than ever, but when I, when I slow down and think about, it, I think what really uh, makes me feel I made the right decision is the amount of creative work that I'm back into. Um, as, as an agency owner, you are just as much operations as you are in your creativity that made you start that agency. I think a lot of people, yourself included there, and when you first start an agency, you're this, you know, I have so much energy. Yeah. I'm going to chase every rabbit hole. I'm going to uh, creatively uh, do work that um, no one else can think of because yeah. I have the time and energy. And then after a couple of years go by, you're like, oh, I need to do everything else that keeps the business running to yeah. so that this creative uh, energy I have can be serviced and I can continue to use it and apply it to, to uh, my clients. So for me, now that I get to actually do creative campaigns a lot as a lot more of my workload and um, get to jump into creative meetings with uh, with my team that I would normally just let them run, yeah. um, which they still can do. I think for myself personally, that is very satisfying and it makes me feel really good. I think the second thing that I, I feel really amazing about in this acquisition is the resources. And I don't mean the resources from the acquisition. I mean the resources that I now have available to my team and myself. I can talk to a, a creative director in Salt Lake City who has worked on clients for 20 years and has worked on clients far bigger than the ones we have. And I can run a campaign by him for a local business in Vancouver and he'll still take the same care and approach that he's approaching to a national marketing strategy for Starbucks for our client here in Vancouver that has maybe four or five locations. So that type of resourcing for me feels like I just have a bigger team. I feel like I'm looking uh, next to me instead of looking over my shoulder um, wow. and worried about, you know, worried about resources. Now I literally have so many resources here. So that for me, in terms of creative talent, um, is, is a huge plus. Yeah. I feel yeah. like so many agency owners are um, artists and creatives that have been forced to learn the business, mm -hmm. the operations <laughs> side, and, and it, and it slowly has been sucking their soul until they can find that operations person or that team, right? 100%. 100%. And I think that, honestly, when you say this, Darren, it's, it's really, in my mind, a testament to the group that you founded and created with the agency owners group. I think that that mentality is something that it, it exists with every single agency owner because no one's an operator. No, no ops person is going to start that agency. That agency is always going to be started by a creative first and yeah. someone who wanted to look at marketing a specific way and apply their knowledge and get better at their at what they do and then apply that knowledge towards a client. Then that person's forced, like you said, forced to uh, operate a business. Um, so I think that that's a, a big, big plus for me. So, Daryl, are you an Android or an iPhone guy? iPhone, baby. So what are apps that you live you can't live without what are the ones that you're on daily for business and pleasure what are your kind of like go-to's that kind of help you day to day um well help or i take pleasure in being on i mean give me both yeah you know what i think reddit reddit the reddit app for me 
it is a huge source of information, yeah. uh, but also a huge source of entertainment for me. I think, yeah. you know, when you get those really depressing screen time reports every Sunday, yeah. Sunday or Monday, um, Reddit's my number one. Um, okay. I'm on there when I want to find out more information about marketing. There's so many good subreddits on there. Some secret that I'll keep to myself, but yeah. some that I'm, I'm open to sharing. Um, but also, there's a lot of sources for news. So it's the first thing I open when I read my news over a coffee in the morning. I go to all the subreddits I normally check up on. Yeah. Um, and it's a great place uh, for anyone who uses Reddit. They know it's just, it's just the ultimate forum. Um, it's where things go viral first before yeah. they go viral on social. Do you, do you, are you a contributor as well? Like, are you on there asking questions or are you more of like a, a listener? I, I actually have a uh, account that's for, uh, I have multiple accounts. So okay. I have account for uh, contributing. Yeah. I have an account for creeping. Yeah. Uh, and I have an account to get into arguments with people. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the account that I get into arguments with people, um, I definitely enjoy the most. Uh, yeah. I am not a troll. I like to have debates, but yeah. a lot of the times I debate with trolls. So yeah. I don't want to do that on the same account that I share pictures of my dog on because I don't want to have someone figure out who I am on it. I think yeah. that anonymity is is definitely a, a, a subculture aspect of Reddit that every Redditor knows. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Another app that I use daily is YouTube. Um, uh, from, again, an information and collection standpoint, um, I'm able to get my news. I'm able to find out about marketing campaigns. Yeah. Um, and I get to see, I love YouTube pre-roll. I know a lot of people hate it and anyone who's an ad blocker definitely does. But for myself, I look at ads in their entirety. Uh, I'll only skip an ad if it's a bad ad. Yeah. Uh, I'll just go, oh, that's a bad one. And I'll skip it. But if it's a good ad, I'll watch the whole thing. I'm like, what is their objective? Where's the call to action? How did they do this? How was the budget like on these things? So for YouTube, for me, um, definitely my number two. Um, I don't think I have a third most used app. Email, my, my yeah. Mac mail app. <laughs> yeah. And then what about like e-newsletters that you kind of recommend or books or where else do you go for inspiration to keep you kind of like, you know, on the pulse of what's happening? So I, I do, I use Reddit for a lot of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I do have some websites that I like to go to. Um, I will be honest, a lot of these websites you've recommended to me yeah. and I've, I've used them to find out more. So I love, uh, the search marketing website. Um, I love business of Vancouver. Um, I love all the small business in Toronto, all of these that exist, um, for local Canadian markets. I look at them because I'm interested into what, you know, what the small, medium sized businesses are doing in there. Um, from a, from a book perspective, right now I'm reading Shoe Dog um, uh, by Phil Jackson. Oh, sorry, Phil Knight. Phil Knight. I think that needs to be edited. I'm I'm currently reading Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. <laughs> it's a great book, man. Yeah. I stayed at an Airbnb and it was in the Airbnb and and our baby, like I think our second baby was still really little. And every time we go down to nap time, I'd op crack open the book and I read it over a weekend. It's incredible. It's uh, it's a book that um, I inherited through my engagement with my fiance. She brought into the into into household, so I'm very lucky there. Very cool, very cool. I, in terms of books, too, uh, I'll be honest as well. I read a lot of fiction, so yeah. I, I I I use my internet for nonfiction, and I use yeah. my reading for the escape. So, uh, what like teen fiction or young adult fiction? What's kind of your go-to? Um, sci-fi. 
Yeah. So, Daryl, um, marketers that are listening and watching, uh, what's your advice for what's coming down the road? What's coming down the pipe right now that we need to keep uh, an eye out for? Uh, great question, Darren. I think um, right now, it, to answer that question correctly, we have to pay attention to the current landscape of businesses and how we're marketing for them. So um, well, I'm talking about COVID and I'm talking how, how that has affected marketing. Um, right now, we're in what we've told our clients is phase two of, uh, of a content pivot that needs to happen um, due to COVID. So phase one was the uh, back in March, uh, early April, when obviously every industry was impacted by social distancing. And that uh, phase one content pivot was um, about changing all of your content that was called to action uh, into education posts to mm -hmm. let your communities know what you were doing as a business in terms of shifting your business model and what you were doing as a business to service your uh, customers as well as keeping your staff safe. Um, we're now in phase two. So phase two is uh, started in early April and is going to continue until we all go back to normal. Uh, could be next month, could be next year from the kind of reports that I'm reading right now. So uh, phase two uh, content uh, in the marketing world is about leaning into uh, that everyone is on their phone. Everyone is screen time consumption has gone up. Um, and here, actually, I can pull it up. Let me read right off the document that I'm reading, <laughs> reading right now. So in phase two right now, what we're telling all of our clients is the right messaging and the right timing is the most important uh, con conditions to look at when you're looking at your content. So during this time, it's crucial for brands to develop a short-term plan that takes into consideration these following points. Working mm -hmm. from home is the new norm normal. Mobile screen time is up exponentially. Audiences are bored and want to be entertained. Yeah. audiences are open to sharing their content through social. I don't know about you, Darian, but I've never shared food videos and food photos prior to COVID-19, mm -hmm. and now I'm showcasing those things through my social. Uh, audience, yeah, social feeds uh, will be more cluttered from brand content. Everyone is going through the similar scenarios, challenges, and struggles at home. Um, you know, everyone who has a kid is now working while their kid's at home. Everyone who has a significant other is now living and working with that person all day. Um, and, then, and then the last thing here is no live content can be created. So no live action content can be created. Or if it does, it's extremely limited. Photography, videography, yeah. uh, I'm sure you're, the same, you're in the same boat. Yeah. It's to get a photographer to do a shoot now. And nor do you want to put them in that position. You want no. to by it so these are that's the landscape that you need to evaluate right now when you're thinking about your marketing content so what we've been telling our our clients and recommending to them during this phase is utilize uh this phase uh, to use content that you've never thought of using before yeah so interactive social campaigns is a huge uh aspect that we're telling our clients to focus on so interactive being um gamification yeah. or turning your content into something that an audience member can answer yes or no to. So these are built into a lot of the platforms that are uh, that our clients use every day, like Instagram, Facebook. Um, they have their own uh, natural to platform interactive uh, stickers, polls, questionnaires. Uh, it's a great time to start utilizing this. Yeah. Uh, another thing that we, uh, we are recommending to our client is now is the time to ask for UGC campaigns. So uh, we were on a call with Bootlegger the other day, and uh, we recommended to them to 
start um, asking people to share content that they would never have asked before. Um, yeah. I've seen this meme. I know you've probably seen it too. Uh, it's the one where it's like uh, it shows someone getting ready and it's like, I can't, w- can't wait to get ready f- to go to the living room. So it's, it's you know, leaning into uh, the social distancing that has to happen. So if we can ask for that type of content yeah. from our audience that's all going through those same things, then it strikes a, a nerve point with them and they want to contribute. Um, another thing that we're suggesting is leaning into animations and motion graphics. Mm-hmm. So right now, because of the distance, social distancing yeah. and the challenge of creating live content, um, brands and agencies start looking towards um, whether it's simple animation all the way to pretty robust animation as a way to uh, fill that content gap during this time. Yeah, that makes sense. Those are really great yeah. ideas. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, apps and, uh, and different trending pieces of content to look at for marketing, we're not even suggesting these to our clients. We're just looking at the landscape, the current landscape of marketing, because I think that any sort of uh, technology or introduction to uh, a new uh, social platform at this point, it's going to be successful only if they take into account the current landscape. Yeah. So Daryl, serious question. TikTok, have you got addicted yet? Are you on there? Oh man, I was on TikTok for just to learn about it for several months. Yeah. Uh, we need to know how to market through that platform. Um, as a personal user, I do not like it. Uh, I, I, I appreciate its value and what it brings to um, the people that do like it. I also appreciate the value it brings to brands that need to get conversion and impressions through that, through that uh, dashboard. But as a personal uh, user, I don't contribute. I yeah. am not someone who likes to be in front of a camera. I'm sure uh, some agency owners can relate. You're amazing on camera, Darian, so it's different. But for myself, I don't want to be in front of the camera. I want to be behind the person behind the camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, so for myself, TikTok as a platform, um, unless I'm, you know, start a TikTok account for my dog, yeah. uh, I'm not going to be uploading many posts of myself. Yeah, yeah. It's been fascinating to watch the, uh, like, I, have, I haven't made a TikTok yet, but I've been consuming them and find them fascinating. Kind of like the, it's like the iteration of Vine, right? And, and so, um, but I, uh, yeah, just what happens during COVID, right? Like the Tiger King kind of growth and, and fascination with just, you know, people are bored looking for stuff to do. So it's great that you're getting your clients to provide good educational, fun content. I read something that was about Tiger King that I found really interesting and Obviously, COVID contributed to it blowing up. If I, you know, the week that I think the week that social distancing happened, it was released on Netflix. So that definitely helped. But then another parallel that I've been reading about is that people love Tiger King because it draws a direct parallel to the story of American politics in Hillary versus Trump. Oh, interesting. Hillary Clinton versus Trump and um, that whole narrative. Uh, of their battle and that's why people adopted it so quickly because they had just gone through this battle wow this is awesome. yeah. well daryl i really appreciate you being on the show it's it's uh, a dream come true uh, i love the, we get a chat off camera and and outside the show but thank you so much for sharing so many ideas so many resources just even telling your story and announcing to the world here about this uh acquisition and this you know joining of forces um and a huge congratulations 
uh, on that. And I'm so excited to see what you guys are going to be up to in, in the years to come. So appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Anytime, Darian. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for watching Marketing Jam. And we'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.